My name is Dr. Charnel Wolverton Sihan. I am so excited to introduce to you my 80 card deck of crystals, oils, and decrees. Yes, all these things are frequency. And guess what? You and I are frequency. And when we apply modalities of high frequency, we actually change our frequency. So check out these cards, have frequency in your home, and bring your upgrade today. All right, guys, my name is Dr. Charnel Wolverton Sion. I am here with Craig Walker, and we are co hosting today with a return guest. I'm so excited to have Brad Olson back here with us today. I think this is the first time Brad and Craig have interacted. So um, just welcome to the show. And um, why, before we get started, um, just want to encourage you guys please go to swiftfire.org get on the newsletter. That's the best way to kind of really find out what's going on around here, especially with censorship and all that happening. Um, also, if you haven't subscribed, this is a great time to subscribe. That way you can get notifications and know what's going on and be prepared for when we have our, our, our shows coming up. So Craig, do you have anything you want to say before we get started? As usual, very excited about the guest, Brad. I'm a huge fan. I've been following you for some time now um, and you literally live the lifestyle I would love to live of just traveling everywhere and uh, exploring and writing and it's a brilliant lifestyle and uh, I think you're a really cool guy and I'm really excited to chat with you but I must say with all your traveling and with everything you put out one of the most life-changing things for me you've ever said was a, a comment recently on Facebook you said about sprinkling a little bit of bicarbonate of soda on a coffee to make it alkaline Ooh. changed my life yeah <laughs> wait sprinkle, sprinkle a little bit what I missed that a little uh, bit of bicarb. baking soda yeah, yeah. and basically because obviously i know that because I'm a, I'm a huge coffee nerd i love coffee <laughs> but it, you know it, it does bring your vibe down slightly but just a little sprinkle of um, bicarb you don't even taste it and it's it don't even taste it. It. and yeah. then you turn your acidic coffee alkaline yes and what we need to do is uh, what i've been saying a lot in my interviews and at conferences is detox is now a lifetime endeavor it never will end we have just been hit by so much yep. that if you can make your body more alkaline dr otto warburg won the nobel prize in 1933 in medicine and he said that no cancer or any other pathogen can survive in a body when it becomes alkaline Yes. Now, you don't want to go over the top with the alkalinity. Exactly. Like the Buddha said, the middle path is always the best way to go. But we're very acidic from the food we eat and chemtrail being sprayed on us and, and everything else in our environment is making us acidic. So to turn that around and also what uh, the baking soda also does is kills the mold in the body, the candida overgrowth, the thrush, which so many people have and they don't even know it. And like Dr. Robert O. Young says, we don't get old, we mold. Mm -hmm. So when you can, when you can battle this uh, this yeast overgrowth, uh, for me personally, it's made me feel a lot better. I'm running stronger on the beach and mm -hmm. just feeling a lot better in my life altogether by becoming a little more alkaline. And so these these little detox things we can do cumulatively over time will have a net effect. That's true. That's literally well, what you took about it, and it shall now. <laughs> yes, and you know that's not even our topic. It's a great topic, but that's we're we have a really cool topic. I think that we're going to bring up today uh, regarding Project Looking Glass, yeah. and I've written extensively on this over the last few years, and I know that Brad is really um, tuned in to all of this too. So I would just love to have your. Um, your understanding of all of this. And I'm going to throw up a few classified, unclassified pages while we're talking, but go for it, Brad. Sure. Well, uh, I'm so enthusiastic about the looking glass. I featured it on my latest book, Beyond Esoteric. That's the yellow cube, the image generator that can holographically interact with your mind and show you a projection, not only of your own past lives, but of past events. To me, this is the most intriguing piece of technology that was exchanged that we know of. I mean, they do all the war stuff and new jet engines and zero point, and that's fascinating in and of itself. But they're kind of for the 
whole point of uh, destruction where the yellow cube and, and the looking glass technology is, is kind of an umbrella term that it would also include stargates, including what they're doing at CERN is quite in the looking glass category. The yellow cube being this device and so many other uh, inventions that have come down through the ages, including the chronovisor that Andrew Basaggio spoke of that um, was actually developed by a priest in the Vatican uh, almost 100 years ago. So th this, this technology has been worked on and uh, manipulated for quite some time. And, uh, and then when you consider the uh, Stargates, the Stargate technology that has come out of places like uh, Uruk and Ur, you know, the, uh, the second time that America went into Iraq, it was to capture a Stargate that Saddam Hussein had. Yes, I've heard that, yeah, yeah. You know, the very first place that the American troops went to when they got to Baghdad, was the Baghdad Antiquities. Uh, right. <laughs> and they secured it right away, day one. And it's often been a uh, question, why were, what, what was the big uh, push to get the this museum here in Baghdad? And it's because down below was an ancient cave. The museum was just literally built on top of it. And down below it was a Stargate. This is a picture I have in Beyond Esoteric of the one in Egypt that was discovered. And they're all of a very similar nature. These wheels get turning very, very fast. And then uh, similar to the way a UFO can interact and exchange between dimensions, when you get something spinning close to the speed of light so fast, it will open a portal and can allow either in and out, uh, e even entities. And this is what Jack Parsons was working on with uh, some Aleister Crowley technology and L. Ron Hubbard out in the desert when they're doing the Babylon working. Mm -hmm. And it brought in entities. It brought through entities. You know, because it's, it's been said that before we started tampering with this technology, the gray aliens weren't here. They weren't doing things in our vicinity. They, I, I think they weren't allowed to. But then when these portals started opening up, they started coming in and we really opened a big bag of worms on that. So what you're showing here, Charnel, this is a, uh, an example of what uh, one of these looking glass technologies were that uh, this could be the holographic image generator. Uh, the yellow book, as I understand it, is a handheld type device, but there are other uh, instruments such as this chronovisor and, um, which which could be here. So we got to understand that they've had this technology now for decades. And this originally fell into the realm of, there's a Stargate right there. Uh, this fell into the realm of the Black Hat. So they were using it to game the system to try to get an advantage over their adversaries. Um, now it's all flipped back. And I just did a, another interview with Frank Joseph. He's been one of the leading voices about the guardians of the looking glass. So now the white hat groups have it, but they are being attacked in so many different ways because think about it. If you're able to use this technology and it also incorporates time travel and the Nazis were working on it with their project called the bell Diglake, and Diglake was also uh, one of those technologies in Germany that just went missing at the end of the war. Fortunately, there are some uh, pictures of it. This is one included in uh, Beyond Esoteric of the bell. And that was a time machine. And so the one thing about time travel people have to understand is you can go back into time. And this is also with the Akashic Records. You can look at any event in the history of the world with perfect accuracy. It, it, it's like a recording. You play a record and you hear the recording over and over and over again. But, but looking into the future, the future is nothing but a series of probabilities. So there are probable future outcomes. Mm -hmm. Black Hat's got this technology in 64 at the Griotta 
treaty technology exchange, they were using it to game the system to the timeline that they wanted it on. Now the White Hats have it and they're kind of gaming the system, but they can kind of see what the other opponent wants to do and is going to do and make changes to uh, prevent or make those outcomes occur. So Kerry Cassidy calls these the timeline wars that we're in right now, that there are major timelines that have to take place for entire species to even exist. Because if they were, say, snuffed out with uh, underground base being taken out, there could be a race of hybrid human grays 500 years in the future or longer that won't even exist. It's kind of like the, uh, the grandfather paradox with time travel, that if you were to go back in time and kill your grandfather, well, you wouldn't exist in this current timeline. And therefore, you uh, would have to stay in the timeline where you killed your grandfather as I understand that scenario to be. So there are definitely uh, intricacies involved with time travel, and you have to be very, very careful not to do things that could change uh, the outcome of your visit. And that's why, and, and I believe this is why the benevolent ETs tread very, very carefully when they come here, knowing that if they were to set into motion some kind of effect, it would have a macro uh, effect and they may have to come back and do it. In fact, great little antidote from Billy Meyer, the uh, guy with one arm in Switzerland, who's been one of the uh, contactees with the Pleiadians. There was a picture of a, a big tree in, on his property and UFO shot some of the greatest UFO photographs ever taken. And so the tree then is gone in subsequent photos. You could see the same background, the same everything, except the tree's not there. And so everybody jumped on Billy Meyer. See, we told you he's a fraud. He's, he's making all this stuff up. There's not even a tree there. So he had to go back to the Palladians uh, and ask them, well, what happened to this tree? I, I seem to recall it being there, but clearly it's not there and there's no roots or stump or anything. Mm -hmm. And they said, well, we had a little accident and we, we spilled a substance on it that killed the tree. And so rather than just let it die, and this is the ramifications of allowing a mistake in the timeline to occur, they had to go all the way back in time when the tree was a little sapling and take it out. So it would never grow and it never has grown. But so then this kind of goes into the whole mandala effect, how certain things that we re remember in our past are now changed. And yeah. Yeah. so this is all, all good, good and interesting things that come with uh, time travel, looking gas and yellow cube. It's a real mind bender. I mean, my, one of my questions with this uh, is, um, you know, as we know, consciousness creates reality. Um, you know, we create the world we live in um, and we full, know full well that they are always trying to manipulate our minds so that we create what they want. How does that fit in with this uh, looking glass technology? Because obviously you said it's only probabilities. So then they look at the probabilities, then manipulate us to put us on the timeline that they want. Is, is that how it works? That's right. So the future is nothing but a series of probabilities. So there, mm. this is where the timeline wars come in. Everybody's trying to game the system. They're, look, they're, they're almost an infinite amount of smaller timelines. In fact, each one of us has our own timeline that we're on. Mm -hmm. But as far as it goes on planet Earth, there the macro timelines can be described as timeline one and timeline two. Timeline one is what we want to be on. This is the destiny of humanity is to reach a golden age, to release all this technology that's kept bottled up and to get rid of these uh, protag uh, these antagonists that want to keep us in a uh, dark state, that want to keep this a prison planet. Yeah. And if we were to win this war, this timeline war, and go on to timeline one, it will be the blossoming of humanity. I mean, it will be the greatest moment that we've ever seen on this planet yeah. regarding the human race. However, the bad guys, they want timeline two. And that's total destruction of the surface of the planet. That's why they're burrowing underground and going to their dumbs. 
And there's even talk that the elite are scrambling right now because things haven't quite worked out on their timeline to game the system that we would ha have a World War III. It would be very destructive. Nine-tenths of the population would die from it. And just like it was said on the Georgia Guidestones, I, they're trying very actively to provoke war now with Russia. That would be disastrous. And this is part of the timeline wars. Yeah, I know there's a, a story or a, a Netflix series called um, the High Castle, Man in the High Castle. I don't know if you guys have ever seen it, but it was huge for me just to kind of have this understanding that maybe things didn't turn out the way we thought they did in the first place. Mm -hmm. And I kind of went through a whole bunch of like studying through these stargates and um, just, I mean, anyone can just Google CIA government patents and you can, this stuff is public. It's been released. I mean, we have the technology to not only see the future, but also change the future. And who knows how many times it's been changed and we just don't even know it. You know, like you said, the Mandela effect, we just did a whole show on it last week and um, that, that was fun. But there's so many things that people remember that didn't happen and, you know, people are confused or what have you. So, but I do encourage everybody who's watching, look up and see these patents. Um, you know, like I said, Brad's been writing about it forever. I have articles all over my website about it. And, you know, this stuff is right here freely here. I mean, there's some people who have said that we won the war. We didn't win the war. Um, you know, and who knows how many times this is literally changing maybe every day, all the time as <laughs> we, how would we even know? How, how do we have evidence, you know? Well, the, the evidence comes from people that have worked on these projects and a great project Camelot series of interviews. She did several with Dan Burish who spoke about the uh, working with the yellow cube and how his superiors kept saying, and the other guy she uh, interviewed on Camelot was uh, Bill Wood. And both of them said they want to game it to timeline two at all costs. And when things didn't work out, they said, we'll try it again another way. Mm -hmm. But you see, timeline one is kind of like a, a river that's flowing in a certain direction. You can try to change the course of that river and perhaps you can make a little channel that goes off in one way. And that's kind of like what timeline two is. But the course of our timeline, our destiny on this planet is definitely the flow of the river to go down timeline one. So they're trying these little diversions, but nothing really seems to work. But now we're coming into this period where it's my understanding that nobody can really see the future. It's coming to the convergence of these timeline main macro timelines one and two, that it's so close to going either way. I mean, we're literally walking on the edge of a razor right now that can flip flop either way. And of course, the more people that put their mind and intention into a timeline one scenario, the more mental projection ammunition we'll have for this to work. And let me tell you, if you have children or if you have any kind of uh, stake in the future of this planet, you're going to want this to work because timeline two is utter disaster, utter catastrophe, starvation, be wholesale poisoning through atomic wars and so many other things. I mean, just, just awful what they're trying to do with this. <clears throat> and this is how I can say that we're in the constructs of a prison planet. It's not that the outside and the nature and the oceans aren't beautiful, and they are. This is a gem of a planet. But what they have done to us here to keep us in the confines of this prison planet is, one, to withhold all this information for sure. Why is it that researchers like us have to be the ones that come out with this and, and bring this forth? And so... Well, with Dan Burish, what he was saying is that they had um, also captured some ETs. And by the way, they could never hold them in just a regular prison cell. They could just transition right through the wall. It wasn't until they realized we got to put them in a Faraday cage that we can keep them. And so Dan Burish here is telling Carrie Cassidy that they had some captured ETs from hundreds and even thousands of years in our future who were us 
and they were us because right now in the underground bases, they are creating the hybrids, mm -hmm. which will become the tall whites, which will become these other species of grays, which they've always said, we are here because we are a dying race and we need the human DNA to survive. And this is what they're doing with it. Not taking it off planet, but doing it right here. Um, I always remember um, <clears throat> in the um, WikiLeaks, one of the uh, emails from Hillary Clinton, I assume it's okay to say their names, there's no censorship on those, is there? Um, but um, <laughs> I always okay. remember, there's one particular post that was just absolutely like, it's just mind blowing that that was just a standard email. And it said about, you made reference before to the uh, Iraq war, um, yep. and she was on about g going to find the resurrection chamber of Gilgamesh, mm -hmm. just as, as a normal statement in, you know, so they were obviously really going for this stuff. They were desperate to, to get a hold of this technology. I mean, what they wanted to do with the resurrection chamber of Gilgamesh, whatever that is, um, is obviously they're trying to get this technology to, to manipulate us, aren't they? Um, and controllers, and like you say, and, and, have, and have said so many times about the prison planet. I mean, just just on a personal sense, you know, I've always felt like imprisoned in this kind of reality of like, why do I have to go to work nine to five just to survive? Why do I have to do this stuff? It's bollocks, you know. Right. <laughs> um, and and I, I get it now. I've always had this feeling like like this is this is not the way we should be living, you know. And I think. You know, it's really, really important that we do collectively come together, stop the bickering and fighting and unite on the fact that we choose the timeline that benefits all of humanity, where these psychopaths are removed in whatever capacity that may look like. Um, and we literally become the sovereign divine beings and, and we, we rule our own destiny. And we're not manipulated. We're not controlled. Uh, we all are aware of our personal divinity. You know, I, I can literally visualize that. I see it. I feel it. Um, and I think we, we all need to come together and just say, this is what we choose. Do you think that would have the, the desired effect? Absolutely. The revolution is consciousness. Exactly. The revolution is the human race waking up. That's the great awakening. This is what's going to save us because mm -hmm. we have the numbers. But there has been such a concerted effort to keep us in the confines of this little box where Virtually everything of importance has been withheld from the human race. Virtually everything. For example, why don't we start learning about the energy chakras in our body when we're in kindergarten? Yeah. Why aren't we doing telekinesis with our schoolmates in second grade? How come we're not communicating in telepathy in fifth grade? This has all been withheld from us, but it's within us. See, that's the thing. They do not want us to wake up to our abilities because when they do, it is so game over for them. They cannot fool us anymore either. You see, that's the great thing about the Great Awakening, too, on a personal basis, is you're just going to see through the lies like you've never seen them before. And it's shocking at first, no doubt about it. But uh, remember, the five stages of grief are first total disbelief. Oh, I don't think we have those abilities. Come on. And then second stage is anger. Wait, they've been withholding us for this whole time? What the heck? Third stage of grief is bargaining. Okay, I'm down. How do I learn about this stuff? And and this also goes with the five stages of grief with, uh, you know, that thing that people are start, starting to figure out about. Then uh, towards the end of the five stages of grief, you have uh, depression and then finally acceptance. And once we can just accept that all of this has been done to us, and now we're just going to move on, similar to the way uh, South Africa went through their growing pains after apartheid. They didn't go and hang every one of the people that was putting them through that. They did a truth and reconciliation and just said, okay, this is what they did to us. We'll put them in jail. We'll get them out of the way. But uh it's like eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. If you if we take ourselves to that level and became come the the gang mob and just pitchforks outside of the CEOs of these pharmaceutical companies, then we're as bad as they are, aren't we? So part of the this great awakening is we have to take on the power that we are spiritually and morally superior, 
and, yes. and let that play out in our everyday lives too. And how we're going to handle these uh, very bad scenarios that are coming down the pike. Mm -hmm. I well, guess if there is, sorry, shout out. I'm just going to say, if there is any leadership in the future or in the present, whichever one you look at it, it's got to be one that empowers the people. It's not about being the powerful ones. It's about, you know, almost becoming the servant. I mean, we've had some pretty good examples of that by some very special people in the past. You know, the most powerful people became the servant of humanity. Um, and I think, I just think the power structure is going to just flip. Sorry, Shano, I didn't mean to butt in. Oh, no. I mean, I think, too, it goes with not only technology, as in, like, Cube or, um, you know, all the stuff there is with Montauk or the satellites and what have you, but also just our inner technology is we are, we, we're just created to do these amazing things like we've been, like Brad was mentioning. And yeah, how cool would it be if we were all learning this just in regular public school? Um, you know, it's, it's an imagination war because just to image things um, within ourselves, that's the part of the manifestation process. So they're using not only technology that they have, you know, physically, but they're also steering our technology by the media um, provoking and presenting and displaying certain images that we look at and then have a feeling about and or talk about and or engage with. And then we're using our own technology to create for them. And they don't even need to do anything too harsh or too, you know, strong because we're just following, you know, their agenda visually of what they're projecting um, within media and the holo, you know, all the holograms out there, news, um, yep. movies, what have you. But the good news is we win when we, you know, it doesn't take a bunch of us. It doesn't take literally all of us. There is a tipping point with just like a few of us to, to stay and hold that space for the timeline and to put our eyes on things that are what we choose to create and to even be the inventor or the creator of movies and music and things like that, like shows like this that everyone can look at and engage with and then create and sustain to, um, to manifest that. So there's, it's kind of like a catch 22. It's like, you know, let's, let's get rid of some of the, let's shut down some of these media um, outlets and platforms that are projecting all this because I think there's so many people that don't even critically think, or right. compare or look at, you know, it seems like critical thinking has just went out the window. Um, there's such a push to don't think for yourself. Don't, you know, don't, don't look up anything. Oh my yeah. God. Don't look behind the curtain, yeah. <laughs> you know? Exactly. And that's all by design, all part of this construct to keep us in this prison planet. So we never really figure out the big picture in all this. Mm -hmm. We might get little tidbits here and there, depending on how curious you are. Because look, you can bring a horse to water, but you can't make a drink. You can present people with really good information to help them understand this situation they're in, but you can't force them to, to read it. So uh, that's why we're so uh, hypnotized with what celebrity is sleeping with the, what other celebrity and who's having a mental breakdown and none of this stuff matters. Who cares? It's <laughs> mental popcorn. That's just not doing anything to nurture your mind or your creativity or your imagination. I'm glad you brought that up, Dr. Chanel, because that is really part of the progress here is that everything starts as a thought form, including a utopian world that we wish to envision ourselves living in. Not this timeline too of destruction and uh, animals being killed off. And when the ocean goes, the humans are going to go with it. And and this is a very bad course. But we can, we can envision a healthy planet. We can envision getting together as a human race. We can envision uh, getting rid of this cabal, deep state, that and the mass mainstream media. But look, the mainstream media is kind of like a tool just like a hammer. You can build a home and provide shelter or you can bash someone's head in. Television, same way. It just has to change that programming. Isn't it interesting that it's called programming too? Tell why vision. Yes. There we go. Yeah. Look up. <laughs> yeah, anyone who's seen this movie, it's basically making fun of that whole thing about whatever 
is who's ever sleeping with who or what music star is doing whatever. And you know, here they were having this major situation. And have you seen this movie, Brad or Craig? I'm not. It looks good though. I know oh, what it is, but I never actually watched it. Oh, I definitely encourage you to watch it. Um, <laughs> is it a comedy? Is that is it funny? It's a dark comedy, yeah. but it it is so it's so clear about what um what everything what's going on behind the curtain. It's a really yeah. good one, and 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 they they're sitting there and they're having this major world you know world ending situation, and they're brought on like the news channel you know to talk about what's going on, and in between they're talking about they're like all of a sudden somebody breaks up in and whatever celebrity thing and it gets trumped yeah. and moved to the top of the headlines over like the the end of the earth you know it's like, <laughs> like oh no someone so broke up they were so cute you know and it's like wait i'm sorry isn't the earth ending in like however many days you know it's like they don't <laughs> even care but yeah so what i think with stuff like that is is how did they manage to what if the cabal have the control that many think they do why did that film get out? Because surely that would show a lot of people this is this is how they're controlling your mind, you know. Because they have to tell us what That's they're right, doing. They do. That's it goes right. with universal law. They have to say what they're doing because that's consent then. Just yeah, like, right. and like even buying the movie, it's like consent that you're okay with what they're doing, and then they can have free reign to do it. It's yeah. called revelation of the method, and it's a very occultic way of revealing their plans because look we have free will on this planet remember everybody on their own free will went and got that thing yeah. some people would lose their job if they didn't other people would lose benefits and things like that but they went in on their own free will and that was very very important because by letting us make these free will decisions even on what we decide to watch for a movie uh is consent is Dr. Charnel said, and when you give them your power through consent, then they have you. And, and I, I do a whole talk at uh, conferences now, a brand new talk called The Hidden Esoteric in Plain Sight. And this is a very important point for people to understand that this is an occultic war. An occult just means that which is hidden. Yes. And they hide this stuff in plain sight. And they're, and they're even in your face with it sometimes really hard and and i think they get off on it they they think it's funny yeah. that they can trick us so easily and a lot of people are very fooled easily uh, unfortunately but i think as we just start seeing all these inconsistencies and so much around us that just makes no damn sense and how they just keep telegraphing this through the mainstream media the stories that we don't need to hear that don't make any sense that aren't true uh People are, are breaking out of this and saying, no, I'm done. No more mainstream TV for me. And that's why the rise of alternative media is just going up because this is, unfortunately, this has to be the platform that people get their media, not on the mass mainstream. Yeah. But it is what it is. And that's the great awakening. Isn't it interesting that uh, the very thing that was designed to really enslave us has been the thing that's woken people up more than anything yeah. in the world. That tells me that we are, in in some respects, winning the timeline wars. It's just, it's too. I feel it's to and froing constantly. And I don't know if, what what you think about that, whether you agree with that or not. But it's like one week it'd be like, yes, this has happened. The next week it's like, oh no, they're doing this again. You know, like for example, I remember it, it's obviously not the same in the states, but here in the UK. Um, they announced what they called Freedom Day when all the restrictions were gone, everything was back to normal. And literally, and I, I kid you not, the next day it kicked off with Russia and Ukraine. The very next day, it's like, here's the next thing. It's like they're yeah, constantly trying to shift it, bump it into this timeline. And it was just like, this is just ridiculous, you know. <laughs> I don't know what it was like over there when that happened. Do you, do you still have restrictions over there in the States? Not too much. I mean, I'm out here in California where they've finally started to lift some of the uh, masking yeah. and restrictions, but now it's the monkeypox. Oh, I think uh, the letter K is silent in moneypox. Yeah. Uh, monkeypox. Uh, yeah. Oh, goody. Where do I go to sign up for my next cabal issued uh, vaccine? 
<laughs> Sign me up. How stupid do they think we are? Here we go. It's just a broken record. They're just playing the same stupid recording. And I guess there's enough people that'll do it, but less each time. Yes. And that's what yes. gives me some encouragement. And then the whole concept of a hundredth monkey effect, which was a study that was done in uh, the islands uh, south of Japan, where some researchers were watching uh, tribes of monkeys on different islands. And then so they threw out some roots for the monkeys to eat, just threw them on the dirt. And right away they, oh, let's eat them. It's food. Then uh, after a little while, it was a, a juvenile female that withheld the urge to eat right away and instead took that dirty root down to the water and cleaned it off and then ate it. Guess what? It tasted way better. So naturally, the other monkeys of the tribe started seeing that and they started doing it. But what was so amazing about this study, while the researchers were watching it on other islands, it was like this light bulb moment went off with all the other uh, monkey tribes who all simultaneously started to wash the roots. So that's what's known as the hundredth monkey effect. And it also can occur with humanity that it doesn't have to be every single one of us, but a certain critical mass of us that would ignite that light bulb moment throughout the rest of humanity. And that's why this is the best time to be alive. I mean, it's certainly the year of living dangerously and there's a lot of uh, fraught with danger about living in these times, but we've never seen this kind of light bulb moment go off in humanity before. And to play our small roles in this by doing this video and, and alerting other people that this is how it can be done, it's all part of how it goes. Yeah, part of what I think we have been trying to use our platform for is exactly just to empower people to go within and to remember yeah. their own technology and to, um, to have the courage to look at yourself and figure out, you know, what is my part here? Like, what, how, what can I do? And because I think we can get, I don't know if I'm speaking for myself or for everybody, but I know at times with that grief stages or whatever, you almost, I almost felt like helpless. Like there isn't anything I can do. And what do I do? And, you know, how do I go up against all of these other, you know, organizations and what have you. And, you know, honestly, everything is individualized. And as we all just figure out what our part is, whether it's, a post or a share or just being open or researching some more or talking to somebody or, you know, just, I don't know, it'll be different for everyone else. But then also just the um, responsibility as far as taking care of your physical body and making choices to stay in tune to be that sharpest tool in the toolbox. So when information is uh, presented, maybe we'll have a little more clarity to look at it with a different perspective because we're looking at a lot of different things. We're detoxing constantly, you know, we're doing things to add high vibrate, high vibrancy and frequency to our lives. Um, you know, we're being mindful of what we're thinking about, talking about what we're looking at, who we're hanging out with, you know, and using this platform to bring understanding and revelation and new ideas to people that can be presented instead of what I see a lot is there's like name calling and division and these don't follow those guys. And, you know, to me, that's just a waste. And we're just, you know, if, if anyone is doing that, they're just participating in the lower frequencies, you know, in general, um, you know, we like to keep it kind of light. Um, I know you've seen this within the community as well as all the communities, it seems to be kind of like the, the, the fun thing to do is like, let's just throw a monkey wrench in here and let's put these two parties against each other. And let's like talk about them and them. And, you know, what do you say about all the individual responsibility um, that we can have and what can we do as our own person and sovereignty to help ourselves and our own family? Mm. Well, this is the knowledge of knowing that we're spirits residing in a human body. I love that bumper sticker. We're not humans having the spiritual experience. We're spirits having the human experience. Yeah. And so once you realize, and I've had many past life recalls as my, I've traveled around the world and 
this is how I went from atheist to being spiritually minded is just by knowing within myself the gnosis that I've been here before. How could I have these kind of memories? I mean, it still gives me goosebumps when I think about some of these places, certainly in Egypt and many of the uh, cities in Europe. I knew my way around Pompeii, for example, uh, when I first went there. I knew how to get to the, I was with this Australian friend of mine and hey, let's go to the Coliseum. I know it's up this road and then we turn left. I'd never been there before and I knew my way around. So when you have these kind of memories come back that lead you to know that you are a spirit in a human body and you've been here a lot of times before and you know in many ways this is earth school too that we're here to learn our lessons and if you don't get it you're coming back so growing up with with atheist parents i didn't really regard the bible too much or some of the parables but i'll tell you now i quite understand what it means when we uh leave our body and instead of saint peter judging our lives, whether we go to heaven or not, we judge ourselves in the life review. And we're going to look at everything we've done for the pro and the con. And let me tell you, if you've done a lot of harm to people, you're going to have to come back and experience that harm yourself, right? So this is what I call the, the real philosopher's stone. This is when you know that every, not even just every action, but every thought has a consequence. How can you do anything but be the best human being you can possibly be in service to all, mm -hmm. to give a dollar to a homeless, to help a little old lady uh, across the street and to protect the innocent from bullies or being exploited. I mean, this is what you can do in your everyday life, but more importantly, it will give you the urge to only do good. And when you do that, guess what? It's your karma that you're going to affect. And it's you who will then, maybe you won't have a choice but to come back here. And look, if we're on timeline two and this planet gets destroyed, you're not gonna wanna come back. Mm -hmm. But I think we're going on timeline one. In fact, the odds are greatly in favor that we will go on to timeline one. So then you would have a choice to come back, much as the Buddhas call a bodhisattva, those who have received uh, achieved enlightenment but come back to help the human race. And I think a lot of them have been reincarnated right now by choice to help because this is the moment. This is the moment right now that we have a great opportunity to get this done and do it. And uh, so there, there's, there's the karma of the human race, but there's the karma of the individual. And it is the moment that we can correct that karma in both of those areas. And I know Laura Eisenhower, a good friend, uh, speaks about this quite a bit too. And she and I see quite eye to eye on this, that uh, it, it, it's all about being in service to all. It's selfless living and, and what can I do to help? And I think about that every single day. Yeah. Craig? I, I just think that's brilliant. I think that that really is the nail on the head. Um, is that in this day and age that we're in, I mean, everyone's trying to build their own little empire, or not everyone, should I say, you know, people generally are trying to build their own e economic empire, their own perfect world, but in doing so, they're selling the soul to the system. Um, and I th that that is a, it's a systemic change that has to happen. Um, and I think we are witnessing the crumbling of those systems. Um, and I think we have to choose to have hope in this situation. I put a Facebook post on recently, I have wobbles, you know, I get up some days, I'm just like, I don't want to be here, you know, this is horrible. Um, but we just have to just sort of like, like you said before, Sean, I'll go within, you know, get in that place of peace, that's where it starts. And just remember, like, all is well and all shall be well. That was a saying of, uh, was it uh, Julian of Norwich was a uh, an, an old Christian mystic in, in, here in the UK. And she had a famous saying that all is well and all will be well. And it's kind of become a mantra, you know. It's just like when I'm feeling like I'm down in the dumps, I just remember it's going to be okay because I believe, you know, regardless of where people are at, I do believe in a, in a, in a creator that loves us. I believe in, in love itself. And I believe love will win. Love has won the day. Um, it's just that are we go going to choose to align with that? Um, and it may not look like what we, we think it may look like, you know, somebody might deserve a punch in the face for what they've been doing, you know. <laughs> um, but that, that's, that for me is, is um, 
you know, if we would all collectively just just kind of go within and remember, we're, we're going to be all right because we've got this. We've been sent here for this moment in time. Like you said about these these kind of people that are coming back. I believe we're all here for this grand, yep. whatever it is that's going to happen, grand awakening, whatever it is. We're going to birth. We are literally having this conversation, birthing this timeline. We're birthing what we choose, the, the, the benevolent existence. Um, and I think when when when... when things hit kicked off in 2020 um i lost a lot of friends because i was like i am not having this this is rubbish this is nonsense and a lot of people just just threw me out as a nutter you know but loads of people then start connecting with me who who resonated with what i was saying and i'm on this show today because i chose to do that you know charnel resonated with me and then obviously i'm meeting all people like yourself and it's like we there is a community on this planet and, and we're here and we're finding each other um, and every viewer as well, I, you know, the people who watch these shows, they're like, yes, you know, we're resonating with what he's saying. That's really helpful. Um, and, and there's no superstars anymore. We're, we're all we're all in this together. And that's what I love about Laura as well. You mentioned Laura Eisenhower. There's no superstar, despite her lineage and her surname. And she's so grounded. She's so one of the people. And I really admire that. Um, I don't know if you've got anything on that, guys, but, you know, I just thought that was important. You definitely know I love Laura. She's a good friend and good neighbor. And yes, so I think I, I agree with both of you guys. I think I think in my I don't know if you guys are seeing this. I'd love to know any in the comments or what you guys are experiencing. But I am seeing people wake up. And if the dark is only for the sake of that polarization, kind of shock jarring thing to cause people to hit rock bottom in a sense of, you know, emotionally or physically, or, you know, whether it was a job situation or being ill from whatever happened with the thing or their family members were, or just seeing the strong, strong push um, that just seems so strange, um, you know, with, there, I think that's caused some people to kind of say like, why so much, you know, you know, it's just a little bit overkill. Um, but you know, whether it's collective or, or individually, God who is love isn't, um, doesn't have conditions. And so I think there's a fine line when we ourselves are trying to get people to wake up, but also, you know, not being too pushy and forceful and like mad about it. If you don't see the way I see it and, you know, that choice, isn't it? It's you know, that presentation of just being and loving and doing it with the intent of love instead of like you, I have to be right and you have to be wrong. I right. kind of don't know who's who in the zoo anymore. I don't really know what's real. Sometimes I kind of feel like I really a lot lately felt super out of it, to be honest, and just being like, what day is it? Who am I? What's real? You know, who's, who's real? Um, you know, and even knowing who to trust is kind of weird right now, not just the government, but I mean like people that you see even on YouTube or podcasts or what have you are speaking to that a little bit, Brad. Well, yeah, uh, great points, both of you guys. And, and not only did we sign up for this mission, we enthusiastically raised our hand and said, pick me. Yeah. That's how much love and compassion we have for this world right now. That's how important. A little bit. <laughs> well, and even knowing that we might get trapped here in the prison planet yeah. <laughs> and the escape might not be so easy, but knowing what we are talking about here in this real philosopher's stone, that you are responsible for your actions and your activities and you better get it right. Cause you might get trapped down here in prison planet. And that's why I've always said to people who contemplate suicide there, don't do it. Not, not just because you're depressed, but then there's always going to be a way to work it out, but you'll come back in much worse circumstances than you're in now. How about being born uh, to a starving family in Ethiopia? just to show you the importance of life. Why do you think that a tree in the most impossible locations with roots in rocks that's just getting hit by weather every day at the top of a mountain, what is its will to live? Life wants to live. Humans want to live. Yeah. We have just been so confused by this construct of 
the prison planet to keep us in this state of depression or as he said craig having to go to a stupid job that you hate and you come home and you're exhausted and you don't have time to to think about working on yourself or doing yoga or anything good it's designed that way but life wants to live and life will continue living even if we destroy this planet life will go on the real tragedy is what humanity would do to ourselves so that's why we're signed up for this mission to make sure we don't do that and also to make sure that it's going to be a beautiful planet for generations to come. I agree. Yeah. I think too, I don't know if this was touched on, you mentioned the um, confusion that is kind of a common um, plot or strategy, but also I think comfort is a strategy because, you know, it's like, I just saw a meme last week that was talking about, you know, just give them a bunch of entertainment yeah. And a little bit of money and a little bit of food and a little bit of thought that you might be in control on some level. And it's, it's just this illusion that we have freedom, you know, um, yeah. considering all this, all the things going on. It's like, what is freedom really? What do we really have? And, and I, and I don't mean that from an inner, cause of course, inner, we have all the freedom there is, and we have all the creative power, but that's what they, they'd want us to think that we have a little bit more, than what's really presented and they're kind of just being like very shady about it. <laughs> Any thoughts on that whole entertainment kind of construct of like, let's just keep everybody going to sports things and, you know, yeah. um, gladiator or whatever and water <laughs> and circuses. Yeah. yeah. Just give them the minimum amount of food to survive and entertain them with the circuses. Yeah. That's, that's a, paragraph right out of George Orwell's 1984, that it wasn't hard to keep the people occupied with gambling, with sports. I mean, how many of our friends, Craig, and we like to play sports and used to watch it when we were young. How many of our friends just like memorize the stats and everything is about our team and yeah. you're going to have a good day or a bad day if your team wins or not. Yeah. Right? This is all... To, to just distract us from what's really happening, from working on ourselves from within and, and taking that valuable time. Look, our lives are very finite and, and actually very short in comparison to other human-like entities uh, in the universe that can live for not just hundreds of years, but some even a thousand or more years. We just get a little blip at about 75 years. And just when you start to figure it out, you get to my age and my mid-50s and wow, this is what life's all about. It's almost over. So you yeah. better keep working on yourself because that's really uh, the name of the game here on Prison Planet. And that is the escape. That is the escape is when you know everything about yourself that is going to pertain to what your life review is going to be all about. How much good did you bring into this world? How many people did you help? Mm. Or how many people did you hurt? And mm. if you hurt, you're going to have to learn it personally once again. Mm. Absolutely convinced that's true. Yeah, yeah. It's funny as you say that about um, age as well, because I really, really can. Yeah, I keep seeing it all over the place that um, this whole 75, 80 year lifespan thing is is a program, um, and I can see it in in this positive timeline that this code in our DNA, which is it, is literally there. There's no with our immune systems everything. There's no reason why we have such short lives. So there's clearly something there. And I think that's that's being broken in some people. I mean, some people do transcend it, you know, certainly, you know, these, um, you know, monks and, and um, you know, they can live for a long, long time. You know, these, these Buddhist monks live for, can live for hundreds of years. Baba G. Um, yeah, they tap into, or they break that, that whatever it is. Um, yeah. I think that's going to go mainstream. I think that's going to be normal. And the thing is that everyone goes, oh no, they will be overpopulated then. We're going into Stella, so get used to it. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. Yeah. Well, Brad, we're coming up on the top of the hour. I wanted to share your website with everybody and just encourage everybody to go. You have more than one, though. So go ahead and just give us your information on how we can get to you. I'm also going to put in here um, our previous shows that you've done um, with your other books to you, just so people can have the whole, the whole set. But tell us, where can everybody find you? 
Yeah, right here, bradolson.com, and there's a, a way to reach me on the contact form there. Uh, also, CCC Publishing, if you want to check out my books, and this is the book catalog, uh, our latest one. And right now I'm working on Laura Eisenhower's very first book. She has signed on with CCC Publishing. She'll be one of our uh, newest authors, including Michael Jaco, and we just released the Intuitive Warrior, Michael Jaco's classic book, which was out of print. And uh, I wrote the foreword to that book, and I'll also write the foreword to Laura's very first book. Awesome. So uh, exciting times. It's a great opportunity to get people's work out there and their voice heard. And uh, no better way than books. It, it has stood the test of time in this internet age. People still like the old tactile feel, you can take it to the beach and not worry about it getting broken. Uh, and if the power goes out, you're going to want some good reading material by your side because uh, use that time wisely, just like any time. Use your time wisely. It's a, a finite period. You're never going to know if you're going to die tomorrow. So be in a contented state. That's all I can say. And, and when you do expire, don't go to the light. The light is what will zap your memory and you'll come back with amnesia. Just say, I want to go home. And if you can remember, ohm sounds like home. Mm -hmm. You're supposed to ohm if you have a, a moment before you expire. And that's the best place you can be. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I appreciate everything you shared. And, and this has been an awesome time. I think we could go on and on and on. Um, but I do appreciate you so much. And where are you going? Where are you headed to next? I know you're traveling next week, I think. Yeah. An undisclosed location in the Nevada desert to uh, start looking at some land. I want to get a, a, a ranch. And I, I think there's going to be some uh, tribulation before it gets better. You know, we're, we're really in the dark night of the soul right now. It's looking like it's seemingly impossible that they're coming at us from all angles. But there are cracks beginning to form. There is that tiny little light way out, out in the end. I'm not talking about the the light at the uh, when you pass, but the light in this parable of the Joseph Campbell dark night of the soul. And it is going to get better, but be prepared for some rough times. And, uh, the, I, and it'll be this entire decade, this Agenda 2030, which is now being accelerated by the globalists, it's really hard. Yeah, it's really hard. But uh, digital currency, I'm watching that. Is they are rushing that through, big really time. Fast. Yeah, big time. But they're missing their deadlines, so they're they're showing signs of desperation. They're you know, they're making mistakes. Things way too hard and and sooner than they needed to, because they know they're running out of time too. And this is why the timelines are converging right now. It's it's really an extraordinary time if you're paying attention to all this and and yeah. seeing it. For what it is because of course we're not going to get this information on the mainstream media but uh, we are on shows like yours dr charnel and thank you so much for having me on i really always enjoy our talks and craig such a great uh, honor to to talk with you too great to meet you, Brad. Thank you. Too. And yeah had a great time and wow an hour went by that quick you know it was a good talk absolutely all right awesome any final words for you craig before we go um, well, if people want to find me, yes, I'm on Facebook. Craig Martin Walker is my page. Um, I rant a lot. Um, and <laughs> I'm in a band called Nth Ascension. If you want to check us out, we're, we're, we're just things are spicing up there. Uh, I play drums in the band. Uh, my wife uh, runs a crystal shop, crystalfalls.co.uk. Feel free to go and have a look at that. Um, no, I think I'm, I'm good. That's all good for me. Awesome. Well, I had a good time, you guys. Please go to swiftfire.org and check out the newsletter. I have my books there. I have my online classes. I do biofeedback, soul audits, lots of stuff there for you guys. But most importantly, you guys can get the information that you need to kind of help go within and remember your power, remember your own technology. Um, definitely share this. Do your due diligence, please. Do share. You never know who might need to see this or hear this or how this could be maybe um, some, something to ignite them for their journey to truth and remembering uh, their own path. 
um, tag, share, do all those fun things. Definitely subscribe. And I appreciate you guys all so much for watching today. We will see you next week on Thursday at noon. We're here weekly and we'll talk to you guys soon. All right. Thank you. See you soon. Bye.